0: Hey, is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) A podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome
1: into another episode of Is It Saturday Yet? I'm Luke Owens. As always, joined alongside Andrew Diaz, Big Hop Bryce Hopwood, We've got a big show today, National Championship Preview. We've made it to the finish line. We'll be back next week, though. We'll do a kind of a a season recap. I I was thinking maybe we hand out some awards. You know, who are we disappointed by? Who are we impressed by? That's always like a fun little thing to do. Like, I was looking at just some of the teams that were disappointed this year, and there were a lot. So we'll definitely talk about that. Talk about teams we've been impressed by. We'll talk about one of them today, Tulane. Their turnaround from last year, this year, absolutely incredible. But we have to start. By recapping what happened last weekend in two of the all time classics in college football, it's one of those weekends where, it, you know, we haven't had that in the semifinals for a while. Like we haven't had back to back great games between four teams that could just go back and forth, starting with TCU Michigan. I'm going to give the floor to Andrew Diaz first. You know, it, it, the, the entertainment value in me says to go to Hot First. But I don't really want to hear from Hop right now because I don't really need to hear whatever excuses he's going to come up with. So I'm going to go to Diaz first. Let's victory lap the TCU Horn Frogs who are now in the national championship game.
0: (laughs) I mean, this has to be just the coolest thing ever. Even if I wasn't, you know, pulling hard for TCU this year, like this is still just a storyline if you are a college football fan that you have to just completely fall in love with because they had the same odds or worse than like Nebraska, South Carolina, Iowa state coming into the season to make the national championship game. And now they're going to it. And and, you know, it's, they really came out and played their best football against Michigan. I I really, what, what's that face for? I mean, offensively, they looked unreal. Their defense is what it is. Well, we, we've gone over this multiple times. Their defense is what it is, but they played good enough to make enough stops, you know, to to prevent Michigan from winning this game. It, it was all around just really fun to watch. Um, Quentin Johnston should now undoubtedly be uh, wide receiver one in the draft after how he played this weekend. Uh, Duggan was fun to watch, just all around a really fun game to watch. Um and I am so excited to see TCU in, in the national championship game. I would have liked to have seen an Ohio State TCU national championship. I thought that could have been fun. But, I mean, the matchups against Georgia are going to be tough for them. But, uh, you know, th- this is a huge win for a first-year head coach. I think they only had one coach on the staff that was not in his first year at TCU. Everybody was a first-year coach. So, just what a story. What a fun story. What a fun year it's been for TCU. What a fun year for Hop to be wrong. Just week after week after week, consistently wrong. Just an awesome week. Awesome year. It
2: is by far the most frustrating thing in my life. The story of the 2022 slash 2023 national championship bound TCU Horned Frogs, because not only did they play like five backup quarterbacks in a row, have eleven, what was it like eleven? See, that's why I, this is exactly why I didn't go to you first. This is exactly why I didn't go to
1: you.
2: Not only, not only all of that, but then for Max Duggan to go fourteen of twenty nine, two interceptions and be saved the saving grace to run all over uh, Michigan Emory DeMarcado. I mean, that kid was absolutely electric, huge run, uh, had that like 70 yard touchdown run. Um, You know, Duggan did it was trying to do it with his legs too. that Quentin Johnson touchdown was nuts. Uh, This game, this game did not disappoint at all. Michigan disappointed me, you know, I'm the one who's always objective here. I don't get caught in the storylines. I look at things the way they are. I look at the way way things the way they are, and look, we can be honest with ourselves. Had Michigan and JJ McCarthy played a flawless game, I I don't even—I wouldn't even say flawless. Had he played even a a a step above, cut down obviously one of the pick sticks, Michigan would have wiped the floor with TCU, but. It did not happen.
0: TCU's Maddie bound.
2: Could've. They're two. They're yeah, I mean, that's just what it is. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. That's what I've been saying all year since they've faced, all, you know, as many, like, former JUCO prospects, kids <laughs> on campus to throw the ball that they heard, you know, like, hey, you're, you're the shortstop on the team, on the baseball team. You must have an arm. So you got to at least suit up. Uh, no matter who they faced. You know, what bothers me. About like I said, I'm wrong.
0: I'm wrong. I've been wrong all year. No, 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 no. Can you? Can you? I need one more week of you being stubborn. I don't want you coming in my hole here. I don't want you coming in my TCU hole. That's fine. I because this would be this would just be a bad omen. Stay out of my hole, I dude. I
2: hate it so much. Obviously, you week after week, you know, in our group chat, you've been bringing up the Rose Bowl. Uh, that I, I seem to forget. People forget about that game a lot, mostly because of the horrible uh, reffing at the end, uh, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, TCU, despite Wisconsin absolutely dominating them in volleyball, uh, I, don't what, what, what in, uh, <laughs> I don't have a lot of things to get over.
0: What kind of podcast is this? I don't have a lot of things to get over. I mean, listen, I'm thugs. not going to
1: disrespect Wisconsin volleyball, I'll tell you that. But one thing I will say about this, <laughs> this whole situation that bothers me is Hopper. One thing I know about you is that you love college football. I mean, you love college football. You you, you eat, you sleep, you breathe college football. And you can't recognize that we're watching one of the greatest stories of all time. Like, we're talking about a team that was unranked coming into the season. They go undefeated in the regular season. They lose, obviously, their conference championship game in overtime. They bounce back and they beat Michigan, a team that people thought had, you know, they had no chance against Michigan. They end up beating Michigan. They go to the national championship, like, just as someone that loves this sport, I'm just disappointed that you can't enjoy what's happening here. It, it look,
0: really you're it, right.
2: This is this is one of the greatest stories, and it's gonna be one we'll always look you, me Diaz, and all of our listeners will have audio recordings of me being pissed off that it's happening. Look, it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with the with. With the win column i guess it does a little bit it's the how they got there it's just you know they keep they keep winning these games and i just for whatever reason they can't I, they could they could beat georgia by 30 and i will not believe that they're the best team in college
1: football in, 20, in this season i mean that's an all-time crazy thing to say
0: i i, 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 you I can't oh
2: god it it's it's one of those things no I recognize I recognize like you said eat sleep breathe it I love it I'm ta- I'm, t- I'm texting you guys about like dudes who like you probably you know second wide receivers on like Charlotte who are transferring or not transferring you guys are like Jesus Christ get out this give this kid a break but uh no it, it is a great story it's one of the all-time stories. I just hope they get blasted by Georgia.
0: That's it. That's all. Uh, the, the most baffling thing here is like you, one of your favorite teams is the consistent team of destiny that everybody brings up when they talk about huge and improbable wins in app state. The, the like, I don't know how you can't root for TCU or, or at some point this season couldn't be happy for them because they are by far the definition of a team of destiny. You know, uh, you know we thought maybe Cincinnati would be the team of destiny nope didn't happen last year this is the definition of a team of destiny and they made the national championship and they're playing good football it was so improbable with Duggan who was a backup goes from being a backup to a Heisman finalist how how can you not root for this when you're an App State fan dude I
2: just again it goes week in week out it's like They just – it's one, two things that just keep breaking their way. It's like flipping a coin and you're calling heads every time, and every time it's heads. I just cannot stand it. It is eating at me.
0: Even you brought up the pick sixes. The first one was an unreal play. It wasn't a a bad throw by McCarthy. That first pick was massive. They stopped – they tried to run the Philly special on fourth down. TCU sniffs it out. Great coverage. Great play. The other pick six is a freak athletic play where a guy just gets his hands up in McCarthy's face and picks it off. These are all great plays. I don't look at them as, you know, fluke plays and, uh, you know, uh, a ball like uh, going their way. These are great plays that they are making. There's not really a fluky aspect to this game against Michigan.
2: I you're right. They're making big plays when it needs to happen, but that's the that's the the thing that's so frustrating. It's like, like at some point, I, I'm a, I'm a Badger fan. Like first and foremost, I'm a Badger fan. So like in my lifetime, it's it's dudes like like I remember so vividly, uh, the Big Ten championship game. Andrew Van Ginkle gets a pick similar to the one D winners had, except. Andrew Van Ginkle got caught on the three-yard line, uh, and I think we had to kick a field goal. Um, for TCU, it gets housed, and it's just like, God, why can't I ever have this? I want it. That's I think maybe if I were to go to therapy, which is probably not a half bad idea, um, what the therapist would say, it's just it's the why me attitude of like, why can't I have this? I don't know, dude. I just can't. I can't get over it. Again, Michigan, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, cut down the turnovers. They win this that game by double digits. That's not even a ball game. But hey, all right, let's credit credit where it's due, man. Credit where it's due. I can't there's nothing, there's nothing more I can say. I'm wrong. You want me to say it? I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was nice to hear. I'm not gonna lie. But I, I do want to ask a couple <laughs> of questions about this game because look, we're gonna go in circles when it comes to TC. We've already established that it's it's never gonna end, but no couple one things I want
2: to the wagons like hop on TCU
1: exactly. So I do want to talk about this though with this game because there are a couple of key calls that went TCU's way. I think would be the the oh right wow way.
2: weird who just said that
1: um the first <laughs> the first one was the touchdown that was called back. Now on the field it was called a touchdown, so I was a little bit surprised. They ended up spotting it at the half yard line, then of course Michigan fumbles. They don't end up scoring there. I the back angle looks like a touchdown, but I will say the front angles they were showing on the broadcast, I thought he I thought he looked short. So I feel like I'm crazy here because I'm again I'm I was rooting for TCU. Um, I'm not gonna lie, but you know people were saying like awful call, awful call. I don't know if it was that awful of a call. I thought he looked they short had, on the first angle they were showing on TV.
2: They had the like pylon cam view, and his ass was at the half yard line when he had, that's what I saw. That's why I
1: don't understand. I think the back angle people were like, Oh, like he's, he's bobbling it. He gets in the end zone after,
0: but I thought to me, he was, I thought he was short. I'm, you know, I I think I was surprised they overturned it because it was called a touchdown on the field. That's where I was a little more shocked was, you know, I didn't think it was a touchdown, but I was also surprised that they were able to decipher that, you know, that was, enough enough video evidence to overturn it because that was a real close call um but i mean com- that's a complete momentum swing right there then you know not scoring on a real big shot play mccarthy takes the top off the secondary and then you fumble you know the very next play like that and is- that's
2: what's been so I'm- frustrating watching tc they've just gotten these like they, the first stop the first stop like harbaugh you that was just,
1: idiotic
2: <laughs> yeah like you just the first play of the game was 54 yards even third and goal at the five you run it twice or maybe play action on um on fourth but it's these breaks like like he's at the half yard line Jay just push jj mccarthy forward why are you doing a fullback dive
1: yeah so that was obviously the first call if michigan scores there who knows what happens but Again, I, I think we're all in it, it. I don't – people, I think – I don't know. I, I don't know why that was such a crazy reaction. And then, obviously, to end the game is the, the other big point of controversy. Michigan has a chance to go down the field, tie the game, take the lead. Uh, they bobble the snap on fourth down. They're pitching it around. Eventually, they're stopped short. However, it looked like – looked like targeting. They review it. They say no targeting. Look, I, this is a terrible take, and I've said it before. I don't really care. I'm going to say it because it's a dumb take. And you know, if I was a Michigan fan, I would, I would be on the other side of this. But given the context of the game, I'm glad they didn't call it. Should sh- is that a penalty every other time targeting? Probably yes. However, given the circumstance, he was already going down. I Michigan didn't deserve a free fifteen in the first down. Maybe I'm crazy for saying that. And it's a stupid thing because it, it does not go against the rule. The rule is that was probably targeting. But in my opinion, the way that the game was going and ended, I, I'm i glad they didn't call targeting. And maybe that makes me an idiot.
0: Yeah, I am probably targeting. But I, I think it was, a, a, again, kind of like that touchdown. It was kind of a little t- close to call where they, I don't think they were going to, like you said, give them that 15 in that situation. Whether they should have or not, I just think it was – not as blatant as some targeting hits we've seen in the past, like the the Skalski one on Justin Fields a few years ago. Like there's certain targeting hits you see it and you know it. That one was, I think, a little different. It was a little uh the the lines were a little blurred with that. So I I, I think they made the right call not you know not calling that. Yeah, I.
2: I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, obviously, I have probably a little bit of a Michigan bias when it comes to the when it comes to the game itself. But the thing that uh, I know we were saying in the group chat was like, all right, if you're going to review it for targeting, like there's there's some sort of probable cause, um, and it felt like by the book that it was. Um, and I know I saw like people were like, oh, like you said, Luke, like Michigan doesn't deserve this to get called targeting. It's like, while well, I agree. They still would have had like what 30 seconds from the 45 from their own like 45 to score a touchdown. It's like, come on, do we really think? I mean, granted, the game was insane, so maybe, maybe the probability is higher than I'm giving it credit for. But it was like, dude, I don't think, I don't think calling it a targeting um, would have necessarily changed the outcome of the game, especially I mean, with I, the way that Harvey had struggled to throw the ball at
1: times. Again, if they called targeting, I couldn't really argue against it. It just felt wrong in the situation, which again I'm acknowledging how stupid I sound when I say that. It's just like when you see that, you're like, ah, like, does it really do they really deserve to have you know a fresh set of downs with timer clock? But again, TCU, that was their best defensive possession where they were able to get pressure with four. They were sitting back in coverage, like their defense looked like they weren't going to let them score a touchdown at that point. It would have been a lot tougher for Michigan because this is the one time where TCU can just play back and not have to worry about anything besides giving up that touchdown but it certainly was you know those were two calls that Michigan probably could complain about that both went TCU's way that helps but I don't again I don't think it alters the outcome of the game
0: not at all I don't think nope okay I didn't know
1: if Hop was gonna have a problem with that the last question I do have
0: about this game uh we talked about it last week with
1: Jim Harbaugh Again, playoff, it's a weird game. It's a high scoring game. It's not one that Michigan stylistically wanted to play. You know, we talked about it last week. I said it, whoever wins the style battle will win the game. TCU turned into a shootout. They won the game. Michigan didn't look quite as comfortable playing in a shootout. McCarthy made a couple of mistakes. So do you guys view Jim Harbaugh any differently? Like, is this going to be the thing where, you know, he can get past the Ohio State hump, but maybe he can't get past the playoff hump? Or you know, is it time for Harbaugh to just say, you know what? I, I, I don't know if – I might have hit my ceiling at Michigan. Let's go try the NFL again. Like, this is kind of going to be a really interesting offseason for Jim Harbaugh.
0: I, I think the toughest thing with Harbaugh is, you know, he builds teams every year, like you said, to not get in shootouts, at least offensively, where, you know, you really focus around what I, I – I mean, I think it's very important. You build year after year the best offensive line in the country – you have two really good running backs, Corn, who I thought should have been a Heisman finalist, and then Donovan Edwards. But you, you don't really – you match up good against the Big Ten because a lot of Big Ten teams are built that way as well. When, you, you know, you go face the Big 12, who their defense is going to allow what it allows, and that's a lot of points, but their offense is also built to score a lot of points. And that's the same with a lot of the SEC teams and even some of the Pac-12 teams, like, uh, USC was like that this year, UCLA oh, yeah. was like that this year, Oregon was like that this year. So, I mean, I just don't think Michigan matches up really well, Uh, you know, or at least the past two years against other conferences because, you know, you can really grind games out against good teams like Penn State and Ohio State. But when you face a team that really is going to air it out on you, take shots continuously, that's where the issue uh, kind of lies because your offense isn't really built for that. It's built for grinding time on the clock, really physically dominating guys in front of you, but you can't really do that if you're down by 10 or 14 because every second is so crucial.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think I said it last week. I said that if TCU tries to play Michigan's style, they're going to lose. What they did was they made Michigan, like like we've been saying for 20 minutes now, Uh, They've made Michigan play big 12 football and and the way the big 12 and the big 10 have their styles, um, which we've seen on display through bowl season and through, you know, the last, you know, half decade, you know, decade plus 20 years, even Um, I Harbaugh Harbaugh recruits is an incredible motivator. I think he's absolutely awesome in college football. And I love, I think he's perfect for the big 10. I think he's perfect for Michigan. Um, it would disappoint me a little bit if he took an NFL job um, just because he's been an absolute stalwart at one of the better programs he has. Um, he, he's pulled somewhat of a TCU. I mean, he's gone from um, kind of a lowly, you know, obviously, maybe maybe TCU is not the same idea. But, you know, Michigan struggling as a program We're a blue blood this that now to have him where he has him after the last two years. I'd really be disappointed to see him especially now that uh i think a lot of the top top talent is going to be out of the game and next year feels wide open um i would love to see him continue to build it, uh especially with uh mccarthy um you know that the team that he's built like you said one of the best o-lines year in year out i mean he's had like I don't remember the number like five or seven offensive linemen drafted in the last uh, you know handful of years. Um so yeah, it w- it would hurt me a lot. Um and this sounds like I didn't mean, Luke has been calling me big B1G hop up for the Big 10. Um but it would be it would be uh, uh, it would be really heartbreaking if he left if he left because you know it, 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 he makes the, the conference a lot better and he's just it's you know it's a the the face of the program and his his just goes perfect with the with the blue and the yellow with the maze um uh with the hat on so i you know it it would hurt and i think you know obviously college football will would move on um but for just where he's at right now it would hate to see him go
1: yeah i think people have kind of ah. I don't know. Like, some people have overreacted to this. Like, I was listening to a show, uh, New York City based, and they're like, you know, why would NFL teams want to touch him? He hasn't won the big games. It's like, well, he has won the big games. He's beaten Ohio State multiple times. He's going back uh, he's to a know. Super
2: Bowl. Like, it's not. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> like he, he's not
1: Matt Rule. Like, people are acting like he's Matt Rule. He's, he's proven it in the NFL already. Like, if he goes back to the NFL, I'm sure he will find success. So I think people have gone a little bit crazy. And I think. Another guy people went crazy about was, was Ryan Day before this Ohio State Georgia game. And I will say this Ohio State loses, of course, 42 to 41 to Georgia. We'll kind of move on to this game. The Ryan Day coached a great game. I will not take that away from him at all. It was a little bit head scratching when they ran the ball before kicking the field goal. Like they're moving the ball well. It was a deep field goal. I know Ruggles has been good this year. I, it, di- it didn't feel right. They hadn't ran the ball well all game. They were moving this chains pretty easily. That was the one thing I would point to. And, again, I'm not going to nitpick because I thought Ryan, Ryan Day definitely showed up and silenced some people that were, that were doubting him. But that call, I think, in particular is one that I think he probably wants at back because they kind of got another 10, 15 yards and set themselves up a lot better.
0: I, I personally didn't know how good Ruggles was. The announcers, you know, they continuously let us know um, on that final drive. They really, they really let us know that Ruggles was a very, very good kicker. That you know, this guy doesn't miss often or or rarely ever. Um, But yeah, real his game is game management is it's head scratching. Um, Like you said, that's probably the the best word to use, um, especially on that final drive. Just, just so.
1: I want to interrupt you actually quickly, Diaz. So about Ruggles, because I, I pulled this up, so I thought it'd be interesting to, to see. He's 0 for 5 in 50-plus yard field goals in his career. And this year, combined the last two years, he's 11 of 11 from 40 to 49. So if you just get him those extra 10 yards, like he's never made a 50-plus yard field goal in his life, and you expect him to do it with, with you know, everything on his shoulders in that moment.
0: But I – Absolutely, that kick was really, really that was bad. bad. Like that was, okay,
2: hold on, hold on. This is where I have to disagree. <clears> because, <throat> no, 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 no. Th- that's wrong. Because that kick... Why? The, the kick wasn't... No, the no, kick no, listen, listen. Let me fucking talk. That kick was dead straight. The problem was he was on the left hash, so it wasn't even <laughs> close. <laughs> the The kick was great it was it was dead straight that thing could had a nice little draw on it everything dead straight he was just 15 yards to the left is, is the only problem <laughs> but that is crazy that's a crazy stat that he was over over 4 or 0 for 5 I, whatever wish, it
1: was. I wish I looked that up before because that would have been a nice little like tidbit to tweet out because I didn't even know I just Again, like Diaz was saying, they were talking about him so much. And, like, I was like, I I remember him hitting some big kicks this year. And that video of him, who was he celebrating? He, like, he was celebrating hard against, like, I don't even know who they were playing. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's that dude. Like, he's ready for that moment. And then that happened. So, yeah, it's crazy to me. But, I mean, Ohio State played a great game. CJ Stroud, I mean, this was his – I don't want to say coming out party because he's obviously had a great career. But this is the game where I think people are going to remember him for, I mean – using his legs, like finally, like getting out of the pocket, making crazy plays. I mean, this was, I mean, shout out for DJ Stroud because he didn't have the crazy eye popping year that I think people were expecting after last year. You know, a lot of people thought he was going to come in and win the Heisman this year. Didn't, you know, he didn't disappoint, but he also wasn't putting up crazy numbers. And I think I mentioned a lot, like the run game for Ohio state was not as good as they were expecting it to be. And I think that hurt them because CJ Stroud had a lot on his shoulders, but he came through in this game. And I mean, Again, close. You know, doesn't matter. You didn't win the game, but I mean, for C.J. Stroud, at least he can walk away knowing that you know he he put it all out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was he was dotting them up. He was dotting up what we consider one of the top defenses. Um, it is crazy when you think about his numbers. Like you said, C.J.'s all year, he had eight uh seven hundred and fifty less yards. Uh, than last year uh, last year he had 44 touchdowns six interceptions this year 41 and six um, mm-hmm. in one more game uh, which is interesting but he ended up with about fifth, uh, 60 less um, attempts overall which is kind of interesting but um that being said, it, when it comes to that final drive he the way he was threatening with his legs I mean he he ran the he got out or i guess went up the middle, Got out of the pocket, used his legs to get you on the other side of the 50 in the first place, call a read option. I mean, you as a, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm the king of defensive schemes and run fits, but he had done enough with his legs to at least freeze the backside guy and, and maybe get a hole open. So if you're gonna run the ball there, why not? I'm, at worst, you have some play action to use. That last sequence was extremely disappointing. And it was the only thing of that. We kind of talked about that Ryan Day, you know, born on third thing uh, last week. But that that sequence is the only thing that has these fire Ryan Day people um, up, up and about. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe I was right also last week when I said what I said about Jim Knowles. I mean, they had a two touchdown lead more than once. Um, especially late there. What I just, I, I don't know, man. I, you just can't give up. What was it like 20, what 21, 22 points in the final like eight minutes of the game. Like that's, that's how, that's why you lost by one, man. You just, you, you can't do stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, it was like what four plays to go take the lead and they were in the end zone. It was just brutal, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, they went, they had that 76 yard touchdown pass to uh, McConkie that made it a three point game. And that, yeah, it was like you 18, said
2: 18 in the fourth with the first being a, a field goal with 10, 15 left. Yeah.
1: Like, and they went, they went 12 plays there. Then they went one play 76 yards. They want then they, to win it. They went five plays 72 yards. Yeah. I mean, you need to yeah, stop.
2: You, that, that just can't happen. dude. <laughs> yeah. Especially you. I mean, I guess you didn't win the turnover battle, but it's not like it. Or you, Sorry. If you're Ohio State, you did win the turnover battle, um, which is insane. And yeah, dude, I, it's just you won the time of possession. If you look at this game on paper and you didn't know the final score, you would think that Ohio State probably won by three. But I mean, you know, they, they at the end of the third quarter, they couldn't punch it in either. Um, yeah, it's this this game was like you said, just one of the all time semifinal games as well. But yeah. Ohio State was right there, man. My plus five twenty
0: five ticket.
2: That really hurt. That really hurt.
0: I I would just like to add with this game, how much does you know Stetson Bennett just suck? Not as a player, but just as a person. Like he seems so insufferable, very punchable he, face. He's been. I, I mean, let's be real. He has been carried to two national championships back to back years by good defenses and having, you know, being about three deep at every skill position on offense with the best athletes that, you know, we're seeing in college football. And then you see him run out on the field. He just looks like a a person you would want to hate. And I I really do hate him. He, he, I, I, that is also part of the reason, even if Michigan beat TCU, I would be pulling so hard for Michigan to beat Georgia purely off. I just don't want to see Stetson Bennett succeed. I'm purely preying on the downfall of Stetson Bennett in this game? Well, look, I
1: don't really like Stetson Bennett either. I've said it before. I don't like his look and all that. He he did overcome a lot to get to the Georgia starting quarterback. Like, he, you know, the story of Stetson Bennett. He overcame
2: he a lot of transfers. What a guy. He stuck it right, out. Whatever.
1: You know what? I'm, I'm Justin you. I don't want to deal with you, you Ohio I don't State. want to deal with you guys. he stuck no. it out. <laughs> Something nice. And you know what? You're right. I hate Stetson Bennett too. I was, yeah, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like this is okay. Here's the difference. Here's why I'm going to say this. Stetson Bennett is not going to have an NFL career. So like this is it for him. Like he gets to go to back to back national championships. He got to stand up there in the Heisman. You know, wasn't deserving, but he was there. Like this is his life, man. Like I'm just going to let him live it. I'm going to let him live his life. He, he could. He's going to be a god in Athens for the rest of his life, and that's a great life to have. So I'm not. I'm not going to take that away from him.
0: Look, he'll he'll be a, he'll be a god in Athens and then he'll be employee of the month at Chick-fil-A in Athens as well. He'll hold, you know, he'll he'll be a two-time. He's ne- he's ne- no, ne- you're he's wrong. He's got he the really NHL money,
2: he's gonna own all of the Chick-fil-A's in Athens and Atlanta.
1: God, he, he sucks. He really does suck. Whenever. He's gonna uh, be before-
2: he's gonna be manager of the year for sure.
1: I actually want to pivot before we get to the uh, national championship game, and we'll do that in a, in a couple of minutes. But Head I'll back. talk about some of the other uh, some of the other bowl games that we had uh, over the weekend. I mean, the game that everyone's, of course, talking about, Tulane-USC. Tulane, what a comeback. I mean, it felt like they are out of this game a million times. I mean, early on, USC was up 14-0. Tulane battles back. USC was up 28-14. They battle back. You know, USC is up 35-24. They battle back. And then late in the fourth quarter, they go down 45 to 30. They end up scoring 16 unanswered points. They score the game-winning touchdown with nine seconds left. They win 46 to 45. Shout out Tulane, man. Like we did the G5 shout-outs all year. And there is no bigger shout out than Tulane. The fact that they went from two wins to winning the Cotton Bowl against a, a great USC offense, a, a really good USC team led by. It. Caleb Williams, who is you know eventually going to be an NFL superstar, the fact that Tulane won this game, man, like there is you know, TCU is the number one story this year. Tulane's number two, man. They are just what I mean, what a run. It
0: it, you know they they have been just kind of flying under the radar, flying under the radar, and then just absolutely like the last three weeks, everybody took notice of them. And you know, getting that matchup with USC is you know if you're them, it's a a, a little intimidating, I imagine. You're playing the kid that just won the Heisman. Uh, you got last year's Belitnikov winner playing receiver, and you're playing a great offensive mind. Just with a lot of five star talent on the roster, and you go out there and just they're so resilient and just such a tough team. Watching them win was really awesome. But and like you said, there's behind TCU. There's no better story than the Tulane Green Wave this year. J-j- absolute awesome stuff. And it is crazy that at one point it looked like Willie Fritz was going to take the uh, Georgia tech job, which would have been crazy. Well, I mean, I, I, it would have been a power five job, but the success you just had at Tulane beating USC, I feel you got to stick around at least another year, unless one of the, the Mecca of college football jobs happens to open up.
2: How big of a miss uh, is it for Nebraska to not bring in Willie Fritz he would have made that team so much fun you know Nebraska can still recruit for the most part you know rule has been a good coach whatever um, I think Fritz would have been awesome there but as I've said before I mean I really like when you know guys you know even fickle you know staying at these G5 programs you know, I'm not going to complain about a top 10 coach in the country coming to Wisconsin but um, you know even guys, uh, Jamie Chadwell leaving, especially for another G5 job, that mm-hmm. really was like, I really don't, you're not you're not going up. That's a lateral move. So I would love to see Willie Fritz keep this uh, awesome passing attack uh, going. Pratt is awesome. Deuce Watts is a stud. Tajay uh, Sharp is awesome. Or no, Spears. I was thinking of the former UMass, U-mass legend
0: Tajay Sharp.
2: Yeah, Tajay Sharp, Tajay Spears, thank you, um, is who I was trying to think of. I mean, that kid is going to be a stud, absolute stud, must have dynasty, you know, draft him this year, probably uh, in your NFL leagues. But uh, no, no, I would love to see Willie Fritz stay. I mean, all time. I mean, we're talking like top probably three uh, colorways for a team also in the FBS. So, a lot of options when it comes to uniforms. A lot of options when it comes to fun. Look, I've never been to Tulane, but if the Green Wave and the and the you know people want to bring me down,
1: I'll come. I'll come for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Tulane seems like a good time. They seem like they're having a good time. Uh, other notes. I am going to. I'm going to end. You know, we only have a couple episodes left in this in this season. Obviously, I'm going to say thank you to Tommy DeVito. Thank you, Tommy DeVito. Absolutely incredible pick six lateral throw by him to end the season. Mississippi State, look, there. I had a minus three. Push was kind of like, all right, you know, I'll take the push there. But the fact that, I mean, first of all, Illinois had a very promising lateral play developing there. And then DeVito gets the ball back and, classic Tommy DeVito fashion. Just had to throw one more turnover. Mississippi State takes it to the house. Covers for Mike Leach. So I'm going to end on a positive note for Tommy DeVito. So thank you so much, Tommy, for that.
0: I Thought you were getting soft on us, and we're we're now please. I thought you were really gonna praise the kid.
1: No, come on, you know me.
0: (laughs) Uh, Um, that was awesome. He lost a family member this season, he did, yeah. I am sorry for that. I am sorry, yeah. Mm, Not arguing,
1: that's strong, that's strong. (laughs) Strong. Uh, no, it was that was that was like
2: the perfect quintessential. Uh, besides like a bomb from rogers deep to cover or something like that that was like the quintessential pirate way to like cover a spread everybody's watching you know everybody's happy they kicked the game-winning field goal you know like you said the the um the lateral was definitely developing i was worried they were gonna score yeah uh and then all i like i thought i honestly thought they were gonna house it i i like got up and walked away grabbed uh out of the room grabbed a cup so i could uh, get a drink of water and then all of a sudden i hear the fans and the announcers explode and i run back to the tv and uh you left mid lateral
1: you're just like yeah you know what like th- there's no way this ends in a crazy way
2: <laughs> yeah, i don't know I was wait like, five oh, seconds thirsty.
1: to get a glass of water
2: <laughs> yeah, i was like i'm thirsty like like if something happens i'll hear it but they're probably gonna shortly you know it's probably going to end shortly, anyways. And all of a sudden, I'm like taking a drink of water, turn around. He's at the 25. I'm like, go, go! And he scores. And yeah, just like I said, quintessential way um, for the pirate, you know. And I mean, incredible helmets. I, I know, I know that's not what's important here, but I mean, that was a classy
0: way to do it for Miss State. Absolutely. On a Tommy DeVito note. Does anybody know why he like applied for a waiver? Was there any, you know, circumstance that he would have actually gotten the waiver? I think he missed
1: back. I think he missed part of his last season at Syracuse. I want to say the injury. Maybe that was part of it. I don't, I don't know exactly why, or maybe it was a because he only played, I think he only played four seasons. So I and I, I didn't, didn't get you that outstream. Even year, the NCAA was like four seasons of Tommy to be those <laughs> definitely. Oh okay. So he did appear in five. Yeah, so his last year at Syracuse, he only played three games before getting injured. So maybe that's what the waiver was. That that'd be my one guess. But yeah, I'm actually not entirely I sure. I, think, I just thought it was
2: bizarre is like the cutoff. So they must have said get your three and you're done.
1: Yeah. So tough, tough, tough. I mean, he was a, he was a big part of the podcast this year, so he will be missed. Um no, like
2: Tommy DeVito. <laughs> nice,
1: nice, nice, nice. DeVito. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, LSU they ran a train on Purdue. They also, well, hang on, ran that off the field. Um, yeah, <laughs> All it, it right. was, They won their bowl game, sixty three to seven, over Purdue. Uh, Penn State, thirty-five to twenty-one over Utah. Cam Rising got hurt. That was tough. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give Hop one chance to say something nice about Sean Clifford and his career at Penn State. No. Okay. <laughs> you thought you look, thought it,
2: wrong. You thought
1: look, it wrong. I feel like he took. I tweeted this. He took so much crap at Penn State, and he won a Rose Bowl. Like he was so happy. He was crying. Like I don't know. He he set a lot of records at Penn State. I know they could never beat Ohio State and Michigan. That was a problem, but. They they were really good this year outside of those two games. Well, I mean, I don't know why you thought I would...
2: it's not like Sean Clifford and I have beef, but he and I I just have feel like you friends. hate him.
1: I just feel like you hate him.
2: I mean I guess if if I have ill will towards Sean Clifford, it's probably it's probably not his fault because Purdue couldn't tackle in that game. Um that in the opening game of the year. So any ill will I have towards Sean Clifford probably is a totally on him. I'm just, I mean, I don't, I don't know why I thought like I'd have beef with him. He's definitely know, somebody I'm not assume. a fan of. That's probably, just I mean, it's a fair assumption. I mean, you're, you're pretty much right. So.
1: the uh, Last game. We'll talk about Alabama 45, Kansas state 20 Bryce young. I mean, he didn't have to play and he did. He put up five touchdowns. I'll, I'll throw this one at Diaz first. <laughs> Who are you taking? Are you taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if they both put up some some pretty good numbers this weekend?
0: I'm going to take Bryce Young just because he he looks and it looked the past two years, I think, more consistent. The thing with Stroud, it was weird. He would have won the Heisman had he had a Georgia level game at literally any point this season against, you know, Illinois, Penn State or Michigan had he had a Georgia level game against any of those teams he is the Heisman trophy winner and he never did that his Heisman moment came uh, about 3 weeks too late um but yeah i'd take Bryce Young um just i don't know he's just looked better i think he'll have a better career but it all depends on the system they land in i mean if you land in Houston you have Brandon Cooks and that's about it um if if you land in maybe Detroit or Indianapolis you have more weapons as a quarterback or even Seattle so it's really what quarterback is going to get their career possibly you know nuked by Houston um is what it comes down to at that number one pick yeah I mean
2: as far as uh pick stock goes Stroud using his legs boosted Mm -hmm. his incredibly um I mean, that was something, I mean, he's had the athleticism Worried a little bit. Um, not that I'm a great draft expert or anything, but, um, Bryce, Young, you know, he can, he can kind of shimmy off of guys, um, coming off the edge and he's edge. He's elusive. Uh, my worry would be that he, he's not the biggest guy. Um, I saw a picture of him that was like, I think it was with Mark Ingram, ironically, where it was like Mike Mark Ingram's height is like five, nine. And then he was like. Hardly taller than him, so I think he's like closer to 5'11. Not saying short guys can't uh, play quarterback in the league, but um, he's not like he's not very broad, like Breeze or Wilson were. Um, so I would worry a little bit about that, but as far as passing the ball is concerned, I like you said, I mean, it's just a matter of weapons. A uh, uh, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are going to make either team that get the chance to draft him much better. And this is, I mean, there, I, I don't know that either one is, is a bad pick um, no matter really how the career goes. Cause I just, I think the tools are,
1: are there. I mean, yeah,
2: like I said, I'm not a draft expert, but I, I don't know how either one of them is a miss.
1: No, I think I agree. Actually, I, I might lean Stroud. I think he's got that, you know, he's a bigger guy, like you said, He's his legs, man. Like the way he was improvising, which we haven't really seen. It's hard. It's again, it's so hard to tell. And I think both of them will end up being really solid NFL quarterbacks. But I might, I might throw my throw my hat into the Shroud ring just based off of what I saw against Georgia. That was really impressive. Um, but it is time to talk national the difference championship.
2: is certainly negligible.
1: Yeah, exactly. It is time to talk national championship. TCU, 12 and a half one underdogs, over under at 62 and a half. I've got a fun question. I'm going to start with Hoppa here because I think it's, it's fun to torture him a little bit. So, obviously, Georgia's a heavy favorite. They're, you know, the better team on paper. They've been great all year. They're defending national champions. Let me ask you this, Big Hoppa. How does TCU upset Georgia?
2: They have to do two things. They have to make this ball game one- they have to, well, I guess, okay. That was, I, I did a good job of the dramatics and I fucked it up. One, they have to win the turnover battle. Two, they're going to have to make this thing attract me. That's, at the end of the day, the day that's what they're going to have to do. Ohio State, um, Ohio State was able to possess the ball slightly over half the game. Um, and they did it in a way where they were, they were still picking up chunk yardage, made it feel um, like they were outpacing Georgia. I think that's the way they're going to have to go. They're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to need a big run or two um, from. I, I haven't seen if Miller's even going to play, which I think plays a lot into the the spread, anyways. Um, but Johnson, they're going to have to find a way for him to get open. You know, Michigan. Michigan actually did a pretty darn good of locking him up besides the one play where he got across the middle and outran everybody um they lost him on that one and so that that's what TCU is going to have to do they're going to have to i think for kind of force feed him the ball um davis the wide receiver too that kid is a stud too uh they just got to hold on to it though because we saw that uh that was how michigan got one of the ints uh, to help bring themselves back in the game, so they got to hold on to the ball that way. But I think I think those two things that I mentioned: one, you got to you got to create a turnover, um, or two, and then two, you got to you got to you are going to have to make the thing attract me. You're just going to have to.
1: And I think since I gave Hop a fun question, I have to give Diaz an equally fun question. We know you're a TCU guy, but what worries you the most when you look at this game for TCU?
0: Um, it, it, what worries me is that, you know, TCU's offense is good. Their defense has been, you know, rough this year. It worries me that at just about every skill position, Georgia can pull out a weapon that we may have never seen, who is going to be very fast and very athletic, and they're going to be really fresh. Granted, you want the best guys on the field, but they have very good athletes and they're very deep if they start getting into a game where you know the TCU DBs aren't rotating too much and George's just rotating in and out, you know, really good weapons then they're going to get the doors blown off, them, I think. Just because they're going to be fresh and you're going to have probably the best the best athletes uh running past them, you know, through them. It it, it could get ugly, but um their defense it's weird. They play that weird 335 defense that somehow works, you know, decent against the run um, and and gives them a little more cushion in the back end and coverage. So uh, that is the one saving grace is that you've got five defensive backs on the field with a team that's going to want to throw the ball. So, uh, but yeah, just the athleticism and depth of Georgia is probably the most terrifying thing to think about.
1: Yeah, and and to add to that point, I mean, Georgia had 10 players catch passes last week. They they really do. I mean – Kenny McIntosh has become a threat, you know, not only with running the ball, but as a receiver as well. Like I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, his draft status rising as just a a pass catcher, you know, having that ability in his tool bag. And like this, my worry would be, you know, I, Hoppe mentioned it and I don't like to agree with Hoppe, but it's hard to rely on getting two pick sixes in a game. And it's not luck. I'm not going to say it's luck. They were two Mm. incredible plays. I think Max Duggan needs to play you know, he's going to have to play out of his mind. I, I thought he was good enough last game, but there were moments where it was like, you know, they weren't really moving the ball well and they weren't running it, which again, the run game was great. But if Georgia stops the run, Max Duggan's to have to make a couple of plays where, you know, he didn't make plays when he had to, but also there were a couple of times where, you know, it was, it was a little shaky there. So I think those would be my two things. And I mean, look, we saw Georgia's defense, you know, get penetrated by Ohio state who, you know, probably have a few more weapons, but I mean, TCU's running backs, I think, are better than Ohio State's at this point, given Ohio State's injuries. The receivers a touch below, but I mean, you know, Johnson's in that category with Marvin Harrison Jr. I think they'll be the, the top two receivers to come off the board in April. So, I mean, they have the weapons to penetrate this Georgia defense. I think they've got to turn into a track meet. I think they don't want to get down. That's that's for certain. Because if they get down, they they have to become one dimensional. I think that kind of hinders them because the way they used the run against Michigan was very impressive. I mean, they could have thrown the ball and we saw it when Johnson just broke free for a million yards, but Michigan had no answer. They're like, what do we do? Like they tried blitzing. They tried everything. They couldn't stop the run. So, I mean, TZ has the ability to score. It's just going to be a question of, you know, can their defense make enough stops? Can Duggan make enough plays? I mean, it would be certainly one of the, I think one of the bigger national championship up- upsets of all time. I mean, 13 and a half is a, is a pretty big number.
2: I'm a little worried about Max Duggan's head in this game because all I mean, Michigan did get to the quarterback a little bit. He was able to spin out of it, but even as soon as he takes off to run, there's going to be a linebacker there. And there's going to be a linebacker there who's 250 and runs just as fast as Duggan does. I'm a little worried. Um, you know, I, he's been a gamer, but I'm really worried about his health. And Luke, like you said, they, TCU has to keep this thing close. Otherwise, Georgia's gonna lean on them in the run game, and it's and I mean, people were telling you know, I mean, I guess people being people on Twitter, so take it with a grain of salt. But people were saying, Michigan, why are you not just leaning on them and running it and running it and running it? Um, especially early on. Um, obviously, you know, it, it, things worked out the way they did, but I, you know, Georgia's O line is is no slouch. Um, I would put it up there, probably in a similar vein with Michigan. If 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 TCU, you know, doesn't get the pick sixes and and they don't get the good defensive holds um, or stops, I should say, and Georgia starts to lean on them, I think it could get over fast.
1: Yeah, I mean, this again. Look, I could see Georgia win this game like sixty-two to seven, and I probably wouldn't bat an eye. But I just, I can't. I can't go against TCU, man. At this point, like I will be rooting hard for them. Diaz, we talked about it before the show, but Diaz has officially won the the championship ring for Is it Saturday yet? Twenty eight and seventeen. I'm I ended up 23-20 and one. Hop sixteen and twenty three. I'm just saying though, the Bull Mania Challenge being hopper tied in second place, and we're we're a couple games up on Diaz. So uh, you know, I'm finishing the season hot here. <laughs> But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you victory lap. I will congratulate you. You had a, a heck of a year picking games.
2: No, I, I appreciate All that. All you did was bet TCU, so.
0: I mean, you look, you look. They're 10-3-1 against the spread. I mean, it's not a bad strategy. <laughs> look, my, my biggest help this year was the Action Network website. When I'd go on there and just see the record against the spread, I was like, huh, looks good. It looks good to me, 10-3. and three. Uh, But, no, it was – this year was uh, a good one. You know, Um winning this ring I'm very excited to have that I'll probably you know wear that um at my internship uh when I go out I will wear that ring just about everywhere I go uh just to fly definitely it. need pictures oh a hundred percent but uh I, I'm very excited to have that in my possession and I, I'm looking forward to you know repeating next year as, as the champ and because I'm I'm not looking to have to ship this ring uh to you know either new york or wisconsin or you know probably not south carolina i think we're safe there that i won't have to send the ring there but um you know i don't want to have to send it to uh to to syracuse or out to wisconsin so um you know congratulations to me the big winner
1: yeah the big winner in year one i mean look hop's not gonna be a competition but i I gave you a little run towards the end come on i I tried
2: I, I I was you're gonna, uh, you're gonna regret saying that Owens. I'm gonna beat your fucking ass. Yeah, we'll say. We're
1: well, well, gonna well. throw out some more props that you're gonna lose or what? Oh, <laughs> all right. It's gonna uh, be the Miller, I, the Miller prop is that, that's he would have easily hit it. I'm I'm pissed about that. Uh,
2: I mean, that was just the biggest. Uh, why come back in the second half for one play?
1: What are you doing? I know, I know. And I dude, TCU team total was the easiest. Like I was like, oh, that's an easy winner. Hit like the first possession of the second half, so you know it was tough. But Georgia
2: Ohio State first half under might have been the worst.
1: Yeah, One was of the right. worst bets of all time. That was tough. I don't, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but the fact that you brought it up is you know props to you. Beautiful. Um, but again, TCU twelve and a half point dogs over under sixty two and a half. I'll start with you, D. As the champ, this game doesn't have implications for the standings, but obviously you want to end strong what is your final pick of the season for the national championship
0: you have it at what 12 and a half or 13 and a half I've got it at
1: 12 and a half
0: okay I'm taking TCU plus 12 and a half um I don't really do in one pick but I I saw the over at I believe 63 and a half um correct me if I'm wrong
1: ESPN has it 62 and a
0: half I'll take I'm I'm taking both I'm taking TCU plus 12 and a half and the over at 62 and a half I mean story. it's smart. If TCU covers, there's gonna be a lot of points. TCU like, that because, is for I mean, sure. If TCU's offense just plays like they have been consistently, Georgia is gonna score points too. Like it, it it all kind of rests on uh if TCU's offense is able to expose Georgia's defense. That's where the over is really resting on because we know Georgia's gonna score. TCU's defense has not been uh great this year, so uh, it all lies in the hands of uh vanilla vic Max Duggan. So I- I'm Riding with both of those,
1: also kicking myself because I literally said on the show Luki Locks would take Ohio State and I took Georgia. So never go against Luki Locks. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going pure guy, pure heart on this pick. I don't care. Give me TCU plus 12 and a half. I am rooting hard for the Horn Frogs. Hitting the Toad. I'm just, I just love this team. I love this story, baby. The Frogs. 12 and a half, sprinkle the money line, get some value there at plus mm-hmm. 350. I don't really care. I'm, I'm not even going to look at anything else. I'm taking TCU plus 12 and a half. Liam is also on TCU plus 12 and a half, and that means, of course, that Big Hopper will probably not be on TCU plus 12 and a half, although it would be kind of a beautiful way to go out.
2: You're right. I'm not going to be on TCU 12 and a half because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the year on a prop. Um, oh, of course. Because... Yeah, I oh. mean, what would you expect? Um, look, it, it was kind of interesting to see uh, Michigan, uh, their tight end went down um, early in the game. And and the tight end position is really important to that offense. Um, that was uh, Schoonmaker, he had a catch for the 32 yard catch, and then went out after that. Um, and so that position on the field for them is really important. And I think uh george's offense is smart enough to know that uh with that being said uh that secondary for tcu is something that we can you know we've been talking about can get exposed from time to time um and mccarthy you know he threw for 343 um which is extremely impressive this, this number uh is for lad mcconkey receiving yards over 46 and a half um I like that I, I, it is that I it it blows my mind how low that number is. Could be a total fucking moron, probably am a total moron, whatever. Uh, but the way you know Ibuka uh Harrison Jr. both had a hundred um on Georgia, which is you know, if, if this game becomes a shootout, McConkey's gonna have to have the ball in his hands. Uh and we'll see if that's Bet- and Bennett can get it to him. But I, I don't see how uh how he doesn't uh get over that
1: number. No hop, if you had to take a side in this game, where would you lean?
2: Uh I'd lean. Oh dude. I would probably lean TCU, but everything there we go. that.
0: What the
1: fuck? Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right, Diaz. Why are we gonna let him do this on the Listen, last? No,
0: time? no, 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 no. You you can't. Enjoy what Luke and I have enjoyed this year. You're not allowed. It's That's fine. I'm going to just be happy Georgia. when Lad McConkey takes a 50-yard tonny to the house and I'm dancing on graves. Yeah, Lad McConkie, he's, he's going to have one catch. It's going to be a rocket screen that goes for, like, 60 yards. He's not going to get yep. touched just, you know, the, the, the cavalcade of uh, George's 6'4", 310-pound alignment are going to just be flat <laughs> and these. Lad McConkie's not going to touch the ball the rest of the game, but the over is going to hit.
1: If I could bet George and have uh, yeah. a screen pass go 50 plus yards for a touchdown, I would. That That's a one bet that would definitely hit.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brock Bowers to his numbers like 60 and a half. Oh, that's probably that, that whole, uh, the whole Schoonmaker went one of 32 yards and the tight end is important. That might be a number you want. Actually, I'm going to change it to Bowers. Change it to Bowers okay. over 60 and a half. I hope that doesn't hit as
1: McConkie does.
0: <laughs> I just told you that McConkie is going to hit. Why would you change that? I gave you the scenario. Lad McConkie to All score a touchdown? Me. Is that what you're trying to get me to change to? <laughs> no, no. McConkie yards is going to hit. He is going to catch a wide receiver screen and not get touched. Maybe he gets tackled like 50 yards down the field, but that is what's going to happen.
2: would be very McConkie.
0: Well, yeah, boys, no, I'm
2: going to change to Bowers. Bowers is probably going to be open over the middle of the field all day.
1: I'm well, boys, it's been quite the journey this season. National championship on Monday. We're all excited for it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Though. Shout oh, out Deacon works. Hill,
2: decommitting from Fordham, going to Iowa. Did you really? This is a real. This is a real problem for me.
1: That is a real conundrum for you. Your boy is going to Iowa. Uh,
2: yeah, I, uh, I, and I tweeted. You know when he announced his thing to Fordham. Um, I I have tweeted something that came from the heart and now it's I'm all confused. There was no like forewarning. I didn't even get a courtesy DM. Lord, Deacon. Yeah.
1: That is really tough. But uh we'll be back next week. We'll hand out some awards, we'll talk about who we were impressed by. We'll talk about one of the craziest stories of college football. Max Duggan just clutching a college football playoff championship trophy and one of them more. I mean get a new color in, in there, you know, with so many red teams, you know, Clemson had their run. just get TCU and there would be incredible. Uh, so everyone enjoyed the, Georgia the kickers. Championship. Really I good. Team. Isn't he? Uh, I don't know. Sure. I look, I, I was, tuned out on I Georgia was... kickers after Rodrigo blanket ship.
2: Fair enough. I I was just trying to maybe throw a little podcast jinx out there for you to sake.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Hop, but we don't need you at this point. If you're not on the, the Hypno Toad bandwagon, we don't need you at this point. Uh, so go frogs, enjoy the national championship game. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Isn't Saturday at Luke Owens, Bryce Hoppo, and Andrew Diaz. We'll be back next week to talk about the national championship that was. We'll see you guys then.
2: Not right. so fast, my friend. <laughs>
0: podcast presented by student union sports.